What's up, shit fits? It's your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and I'm back for this flashback Friday to episode 101. And this is some real shit. I'll go in depth in the dark side of the fitness business with my own personal um, experience and I just open up I give some advice to other coaches and honestly anyone else out there in a business this could be of value to you but you know reflecting back at it this was two years ago now and I'm so happy I took the leap to change and I think a lot of people are kind of stuck sometimes figuring out whether or not to take the leap but I'll let you listen to the episode and really dive in so without further ado here it is um so today what I want to go through is um the darker side of fitness business and this will be more towards the fitness professionals listening but at the same time I think all the people who listen to the show who are not coaches this will still give you some sort of insight of you know maybe what your coach goes through or just in general how human beings interact with each other and sometimes surprise you um I think in my last, you know, solo episode where I was talking about depression, um I kind of mentioned about my previous work with my business partners of being kind of pigeonholed and couldn't progress the way that I wanted to. So to kind of give some, you know, context to what I'm going to be talking about, and just a heads up, I'm periodically going to be drinking the coffee that I'm drinking around because it's 3.30 in the afternoon, I'm starting to hit a wall, and I feel like I'm going to probably take a nap after this. So if out of nowhere I stop talking and start drinking, you'll know why. Um, so when I decided to start my own business... Um, I was in a spot where my previous gym closed and I was like, oh shit, I have no job. I just bought a place. I have a mortgage now. How the hell am I going to live? But at the same time, it was really, really weird for me because I felt, I felt okay about it because I still remember the day that I was told my gym was closing. I called my wife and I was like, I don't have a job. But it was almost like a funny thing to me because I knew everything was going to be all right. It was such a weird experience. I don't know what was going through my mind, but for some reason, I just knew it was going to be okay. So, you know, eight weeks go by um, and I started my business. But a little before that, uh, my former two bosses who ran the gym that I was at... um, you know, pulled me aside and said, you know, we lined you up a job at the other franchise locations of our gym. You can either take it, but we also have something else 
um, that you might be interested in. So to my two business partners, well, soon to be business partners, my two bosses, uh, thought it would be a good idea to create a company together and have that as our umbrella company. And then underneath the umbrella companies would be our own separate companies. So we would all share costs of running a business and then be our own entities and do what we're really good at. And I was like, oh man, that sounds amazing, right? So I get to still work with my bosses and now they're my business partner. So I'm getting my two feet in as a business owner, running my own business like I've always wanted to. And I get to keep my costs low because we're going to be sharing the costs of different things that are going to pop up. And this is going to be great. So I was really, really, really excited to get onto my next kind of like chapter of my life and my career. So fast forward, you know, eight weeks down the road. And my goal was to train as many hours as possible to save enough money because the next thing in my life was to, you know, ask my girlfriend to be engaged to me and eventually have her wedding. So I'm like, oh shit, I need to work as much as possible to save up some money to get this wedding thing together. So when myself and my two business partners were looking for a space to train in the location we were at, um, we originally were going to start at the rec center and I started training some clients there. And because out of the three of us, I wanted to train as many hours as possible. So I wanted to work 35 hours of training per week just to save enough money. While the other two wanted to train maybe five to 10 while focusing on their kind of online entity, which is like whatever, cool. So I decided to go do both because I knew that, you know, online training and just having an online brand is very important when it comes to trainers or just the fitness industry in itself. So I did both. Um, We found one place um, where they were looking for contractor coaches. So when we went in there and met with the owner of the gym, he started talking to my one business partner. So my boss had experience with running a gym and contracts and everything on the business side that is not appealing to anybody else to learn. So he was kind of taking charge of all that kind of crap that I had no idea what was going on. I had no clue as much as I could read out of business books and things like that. Like when it comes to negotiations on how much money you're going to give to a gym to be able to train your clients in, I had no clue. So he took the charge of that, which is like, by all means, go for it. I have no experience. So then, you know, he would talk to them, talk to the the owner of the gym, and then my business partner would tell me and the other business partner, you know, what the lowdown was, what do you think, should we go do it? And typically what you'll see if you wanted, as a coach, wanted to, um, rent space from another gym owner, there's a couple different ways of doing it. From the gym owner side, if it was me, and I understand why some other gym owners do this, is they're going to draft up a contract 
and you're going to be stuck there for a year. Now, this gives insurance for the gym owner because now he or she knows that they're going to have this one trainer bringing in a certain amount of money and guaranteed um, rent for the gym. So there's two ways. So if there was the contract laid out, it's either going to be a percentage or just a flat fee. Now, depending on the size of the gym, depending on some other different factors, the flat fee might be different. So say if the gym is just open to coaches coming in and training their clients, then the flat fee might be lower than a flat fee in a gym where they have you know, regular people just coming in to get their workouts in because now you have people that you could sell to. Now, a typical gym where you could just bring in your clients and there's no other people coming in can be anywhere from $1,000 to $1,500 a month. And, you know, if you're generating five grand to 10 grand a month in revenue, that's not so bad. The other option is that some gyms will put a percentage on how much you bring in. So say you are bringing in seven grand a month in personal training of revenue 20% 20% of that would be 1400 a month that you just sign a check to the gym in order to train your clients. And then all you would have to pay for is like some sort of payment processing system, whether it be like PayPal, MindBody, whatever it is. Uh, if you're using a training software, that's another fee. If you have to pay for liability insurance, because sometimes as a contractor, the gym's not going to include liability in that contract, so you might have to pay that out every month. And having those two options in a contract, you know, one year, it sounds like, oh, that's not a big deal. But you also have to think about other factors. You need to ask yourself, you know, do I want to stay in this environment for a year, knowing that if something happens in the staff, if there's, you know, who knows, there's so many different things that could happen that might make you feel like you can't stay there any longer. Now, I would highly, highly, highly suggest meeting all the other coaches in the gym because they're probably you're probably not the first one. See if you guys get along, and if all things seem okay, then yeah, go for it. Sign that one-year contract, but still, do not be married to the idea of you know staying there for an entire year. That was my biggest mistake is signing a contract for a long period of time and then trying to get out of it. I would instead try to negotiate where it's a month-to-month and you might have to pay a higher fee because of that, but i rather have the freedom to up and leave no problem. So these little things are the stuff that you don't ever read online, you don't ever hear about, when it comes to you know moving on to your own and starting your own business and finding a place to rent because starting your own gym costs too much. So I would highly recommend doing a month a month or signing a three month you know trial contract with the gym owner to train your clients there because what if your clients don't like the environment? What if you know your training style is completely different than what you do? or vice versa, whatever the 
gym, you know, uh, owner, other coaches that he has there, they're only into CrossFit and you're the functional guy that is trying to teach someone how to split squat properly without pain, right? So you got to think about all those different factors. So in my case, when we first got in there, we just had a basic month-to-month percentage, and I believe it was 20%, which wasn't bad. So if you are bringing in seven grand a month in personal training, that's 1,400 in rent, and then you're just paying your expenses. So what I had was a schedule and payment processing system, a training software, liability insurance, and you know I put money away for accounting fees, bookkeeping, um, little stuff that you don't ever think about, um, and even um, put a, setting aside money for like cash flow. So I'm not putting all the money that I make into my bank account and just spending it like an idiot. So those were kind of the first couple months. I would say six months of that was structured that way. And then what was happening at the gym was, you know, the other coaches started quitting and or just moving on. And even there was a clinic in the gym space that we were in and you know, the one Cairo that was there, he was working at two different clinics, and the other clinic, he was getting more patients, so he decided to move there full-time. They also had an RMT, and she was just part-time and found more hours at a different clinic and moved on, and then it was just me and my two business partners at this gym. And my one business partner had an idea that, hey, maybe we should use this as an opportunity to, you know, take over the space. And, um, you know, I thought it was like, yeah, sure, that'd be awesome. But at the same time, um, I should have kind of thought about it a little bit more, maybe spoke to someone in the industry that knows a lot more in business than I do, maybe ask their opinion. But, you know, I would have been happy looking back of just paying 20% and having the freedom to move if I really wanted to. Because again, you don't know what's going to change down the road. So when my business partner suggested it, I was, wasn't against it, but you know, at the same time, I wasn't thinking as I do now because I just know more now. And I think the best advice I can give to any coach looking to step into business, whatever you think is okay or you're not sure about, 100% go talk to somebody who is in the fitness business that's been there for a while and has experience in this and just ask them. That is going to save a lot of headaches, nerves, moods, whatever. Just it's going to help if you take the time. And, you know, when I was talking about the cliff notes of my career in that book, Essentialism, like honestly, I would 100% buy that book and read it because out of all the books I've read in the past three, four years, that's the one that always stood out to me because the basic principle of anything you do in life is that if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. So you can apply this rule into business that if a new opportunity comes 
and you're so unsure and you can't say hell yes, go to someone who has experience in the field and ask them. And they can give you so much more insight and then you'll be like, oh, okay, I don't know what I was thinking about. This is definite yes. Or the other where you're like, holy shit, I can't believe I almost said yes to this. So when it came time to my business partner talking to the gym owner and kind of pitching the idea of, hey, you know, we want to take over the space so that we get exclusive use and kind of run it the way we want it. And, you know, the gym owner came back and said, you know, we can definitely talk about that and structure a deal. So this is where a lot of stuff went over my head when I first got into the situation. And I kind of just went along with it because I just didn't know any better. So then my business partner came back and spoke to me and the other one and said that, hey, there's this is definitely a possibility. Do you guys want to keep going with this? Because, you know, X, Y, and Z. So my business partner kept bringing it up, saying that it's going to be a really good, you know, step for us. We can work um, closer together on this and build the gym that we've always wanted to. So in my head, because I've always had it in the back of my head, I'm like, I would want to open up my own gym. And thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like shortcutting it into owning my own gym. You know, I can hire employees. I can build a community that I really want. I can do all the stuff that I really wanted to without, you know, forking up a quarter of a million dollars and open up a sweet facility because I'm already at one. I can just take over and rebrand it. So um, I'm like, yep, let's go do it. I'm stoked. Let's, let's go on. So this is probably, you know, at the one year mark. And we come back to a position that we were placed in where we had to sign a rental contract with the previous gym owner so the easiest way that they figured was we would take over the business but not be actual business owners over the lease of the building the name on the lease would still be um on the previous owner the owner would step away have no say in the business they're just there to collect money and to pay off the lease and blah 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 which is awesome because when you think about it when you become the owner of a gym now you're responsible for the building if the roof leaks you have to deal with it if something breaks you have to deal with it in this case we were the owners without being the owners if that makes sense so they came up with an agreement where you know they thought it was fair that because we're going to be taking over have exclusive use Rather than just paying the lease, we're also going to pay the lease and repay the initial investment that the previous owner put in. This is something they don't tell you anywhere in the industry. I have not seen this. I have not seen articles written about it or anything like that. So, again, to put some context in, the previous owner got an investment of a quarter million dollars from his buddy to open up this gym and then as the gym started generating revenue he would pay back the investment we come in we were the only coaches left and to make it fair to the gym owner walking away we would take over pay the lease along with a certain percentage every month to um, pay off the initial investment 
you know, both sides are happy, and there you go. This was probably the biggest mistake because, at least in my opinion, we had an opportunity to get the rent to what we wanted because if it wasn't for us, that gym would have closed down. The other previous gym owner had nobody in there. It was just us three. We could have easily just found another location or just built out another location. Um, And even one of my clients that I was speaking to during this whole time, he was even saying that, you know, if it was him, he would have squeezed out every single dollar as much as possible to take over. And I was like, you know, I didn't think anything of it because at that point I had no idea what we were doing. And all I wanted to do was train my clients, process payments, and make a paycheck. So, you know, next thing led to another. I'm sitting in a room where I am signing a contract with witnesses. And this contract was, you know, drafted up. And I was like, holy shit, I'm sitting down here and I'm about to sign a contract for four years. And that was, I still don't know why I didn't like think of it again. Like what, why didn't I go reach out to somebody in the industry? Like I said earlier for anyone listening and just ask, like, is this a good idea? Is the rent too much? Blah, 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 blah. But it just moved so fast. And all I could think about is that I needed to save money because I didn't work for two months when the old gym shut down. I have a wedding coming up. I have expenses, blah, 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 blah. And the next thing I know, I'm in this contract And when I think about it now, like, probably that next day is when shit went down the way I didn't want it. So now I'm into a contract for four years. I'm stuck there. And, you know, we took over this gym and I was really excited to um, build something special. You know, I had this idea of hiring employees, having, you know, a lot of clients coming in and eventually being that coach where he steps off the floor and runs the business. But everything I wanted to do was always turned down. And this is where my mindset kind of shifted. I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Us three business partners are not going towards the same goal. You know, like, that's another piece of advice is that if you're going to go into business with somebody, you need to sit down and actually talk about what your vision is for, like, 10 years down the road. What do you want to achieve? What do you want to see? And if they don't line up, then there's no point of going into business with them. And we never did that. And I think that was one of the biggest mistakes that when I look back at the whole experience, that's probably why it never worked between the three of us. You know, these are the small little things that you don't think about and they add up down the long run. So the other thing too, when you're thinking about you know running a business with somebody else, they need to be the complete opposite of you if you are you know 
the coach that is so into the science and the training and is all about form and is all about everything has to be perfect but is really shitty at marketing and sales and systems and things like that, then that coach should find a business partner that is the like mirror reflection to be what that coach is not. So find someone who's really good at marketing and sales and personality to drive the business because now you have a coach that can focus on what they're good at and another coach that's really good with people talking and marketing and everything like that and that business will do really well. In this case, with my business partners, we were all kind of the same. We all really focused on the training. We all focused on you know where we wanted to progress by ourselves and we also were kind of lone wolves where we work really well alone but we're able to get shit done but we never had that one person in our partnership that could kind of be the glue that brought us all together to kind of rally us up and be like hey this is where we're going i'm the person that's going to steer you guys are the ones that are going to paddle so make sure when you go into business with anybody they are either on the same wavelength as you and they're super excited. And even at that point, be self-aware enough to know that, hey, if the fact that we are the same, are we going to be good enough to excel in whatever market that we're jumping into to actually make a living and to make a profit? Because sometimes just getting someone that's even outside um, your industry to jump in and look at it from a different angle like, what if you hired a marketing person to do all your marketing while you do what you're good at, is which is the training? This is the stuff that you don't really see a lot online. And there's so many coaches out there that want to do well in business and work for themselves, and they do it, and they're like, holy shit, I have so much stuff I need to do. I have no idea how I'm going to make enough money this month to do X, Y, and Z. So find someone that can complement what you do. Now, when I started seeing all these kind of roadblocks as I was kind of the type of person that had this vision of, you know, helping as many people as possible and their vision of business was completely different than mine. And I would say, you know, after four months since I signed that contract, you know, our, that's when I realized our visions were completely at the opposite spectrums. And I was like, how the hell did I end up in this situation? I ended up in a situation where I did not want to be. And then when I realized that anything I wanted to do with my business was blocked by two other people. So that's really demotivating. So anyone out there who runs their own business who understands that being an entrepreneur is all about, you know, trial and error and trying new things to see what sticks and what works. And most of the time, like 99% of the time, everything you do fails anyway. And you're looking for that 1% that you do something right, it gives you results and you're like, shit, I just need to replicate that over and over again until I make some money. But now you're having this block that that 1% that's going to work is being blocked by two individuals, you get into a really dark place. 
And if you listen to that depression episode I did a couple weeks ago, that's what I was talking about is that I wanted to do so much more for my business and I couldn't. So I was like at a point in my life where what's the point of waking up? What's the point of, you know, getting on my laptop and writing out emails to my clients and updating their programs and creating a social media post? Like, what's the point? I'm not going anywhere. It's the same thing over and over again. And I got into a dark place in my life where I was just like, what the fuck? And it was a really, really, really tough place for me. And the only thing that kept me going was, you know, people were counting on me. So I cannot just turn off the alarm and just sleep and not train my clients. They've been with me forever, so I'm responsible to go and give them a good hour and ask them how their weekends were and what they did and how their kids are doing and how their husbands or spouses are doing. So that is the only thing that kept me going. And, you know, going to work and not talking to your business partners at all, like at all, other than the high and by, and then leaving was was my life. And the only piece of, you know work, I would call it, that I really, really enjoyed was the one hour I had on my podcast because I would talk to so many individuals that kind of run their own destiny, as I call it, that are doing great things in the industry and kept talking about how they have this new book coming out or this new project they're working on or this collaborative project they're doing with another coach. And I was like, man, like I would love to do something like that but I can't. So just living in this fantasy land, imagining my life that, hey, maybe one day I could do that, but I'm going to have to wait four years to be able to do something like that because I was stuck in a contract. Now, I got to a point where I'm like, fuck, I don't know what to do. Like I was complaining every day and, you know, like thank God for my wife that would just listen to me bitch and complain and she was the one that's saying like, you know, if you find any opportunity to get out, like just take it. And, you know, I always believe that something's going to happen in your life that will give you, you know, a lifeline and you need to jump on it as quick as possible. So, you know, maybe two months after of just being in such a dark place, I was approached with an opportunity to, go to another gym so one of my clients that I trained as employees saw this huge benefit of exercise and health and he had this vision that you know because of my employees that train with you are doing so well maybe I should add a gym in my head office so then all my employees can experience the benefit and, you know, he, he was talking about opening up a gym since probably the first day that I started at this new one. And, you know, I give him, gave him some, like, advice of, like, where you should put equipment or, like, how big it should be and how many employees he has, how many people are going to be coming in and, like, foot traffic, blah, 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 blah. 
And then we kind of just stopped talking about it because I don't know what happened, but we just stopped, stopped chatting about it. And then he mentioned that, you know, that gym that he was thinking of, he's actually going to create it into this like wellness center where you would have a gym, a clinic, a spin room, a yoga room, and even child mining all in one spot. And people could come in and have unlimited access to all three things, well, four if you count child mining, and he wanted me to be a part of it. And I was like, well, sounds amazing, but, you know, I'm stuck in a contract. And he said, you know what, like, send it to my lawyers and see if we can do something. And this was the lifeline. I didn't think anything would, you know, come through it. I'm like, I'm locked in. I have no idea what I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. So the lawyers come back to me and they're like, you know, there's nothing legally binding you to stay there. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, it says right in the contract. And they're like, no. So here's another thing as a coach you need to know is that you need to take every single contract, paperwork, and send it into a lawyer just to read it through because there's always little things that, you know, you don't know might affect you. You want to know all the information before you step in. It's just like if you created a program for a client, you want to know the ins and outs of it before giving it to somebody, right? So I highly, highly suggest always having a lawyer, you know, on your phone to call to send some paperwork to him or her to look over. So I was like, okay, well, I have an opportunity to leave. And the only reason why is that when they were drafting up this rental contract that they didn't have a lawyer actually write it out from scratch, they wrote it themselves and then had an online lawyer skim through it to say it was good enough. Obviously, when you have a lawyer just saying it's good enough, meaning that a a full-time lawyer looking at it will find every single bit that is, you know, um, wrong with it. So I was like, okay, well, I have an opportunity to leave. But at the same time, you know, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say married, but kind of loyal to my two business partners because I knew them for so long. And I was in a place where, you know, one day I was like, no, I can't do it. I need to stay. And the other side, I was like, wait a minute. Like, I got to think about myself once in a while. I need to do what's right um, for myself and for my family. Because the other thing down the road is like, I want to have a family. I want to have kids. I want to be making enough money to... um, support kids like out here in Vancouver it is super super expensive to buy a house like to live downtown Vancouver in it like just Vancouver in general a shitty rundown house that you could just tear down just buying the plot of land is 1.5 million so what are the chances of me qualifying for a mortgage to live in a house Right, So all these little things that I'm thinking about down the road is that if I am stuck 
in a business where I'm going to be making the exact same amount because I can't progress, what am I doing with my life? This is where why, why in the first place, I was depressed and I was like, what's the point? So I kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until I finally said, you know what? I need to do something for myself and think about my family, think about my future. I'm going to go ahead and do this. And I had a very unique opportunity because, you know, at this new gym, which is Aura Fitness and Yoga, if you ever want to look them up, um, I'm, I'm an employee, but I have so much freedom of everything that I want to do because my client, who is technically my boss, is sees the potential of what I can do. And he said that many times. He's like, you have a really good head on your shoulders and you're bound to do really great things in your career and I want to help support that. So like my role in this new company, like I train about 18 hours a week with the clients that came with me and they're the ones that have been with me since like day one since I got into the industry. And then I do 20 hours of social media for the company. So if you look at Aura's Instagram and Facebook, everything you see there is what I've been doing. And we've seen such exceptional growth each and every month. And the reason why I got into that was that, you know, my client looked at what I was posting. Because if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, every single day you see me post minimum twice a day. And he said, you know, the fact that you're doing it so regularly, it probably would promote my business. And my client was asking me my opinion, like, do you think if we had a social media person, um, would that benefit the gym? I'm like, a hundred percent. And this is where my client is so good at business that something that he doesn't know but knows that some other businesses are starting to do it, he pays attention to that. And then he'll ask someone in that field and be like, hey, what do you think? And then he's so open to be like, you know what? I think we should do that too. And then this is a funny story. Is that he's like, you know, if you want to start doing so, uh, social media for us, um, you know, write up a business proposal and send it to me. And I was like, all right, no problem. I'm like, what the fuck is a business proposal? So I actually had to Google how to write one I sent it to him, and he was really impressed with my business proposal. I'm like, this is the first time I've ever written one. And, you know, I even in there, I had to write down how much I'm worth, what I need to buy, uh, what I need to have in order to do the job, and what the industry standard is, and what kind of tasks that a social media manager would have. And he was like, yep, it looks all good, and I'm really impressed with what you wrote down, and I'm really excited for you to do this. So now I was like, holy shit, like, this is a job now for me. And all I've been doing is just posting every single day with some fitness information on my own stuff. So, you know, that's the other thing is like learning how to write business proposals. Like (laughs) they don't teach you that on any website in the fitness industry on how to do so. Right. And it comes in handy. So anyway, going back to my original point, um, The other thing I do for the company is like I also run some staff meetings for the other coaches to teach them what I know from, you know, the training side. And they're so open to learning. Like I've never been in an environment where everyone's so open and happy to learn and 
like the team that my client selected works so freaking well, like so freaking well. And, you know, so far so good. Like, again, I know it's a brand new shiny toy and like the, the luster of it is eventually going to fade, but I don't know, like it's been really, really great. So, you know, I was at a point where I had to choose and I finally chose that, you know, I'm going to rip the bandaid off and go ahead. Um, so I told my two business partners the situation and I wanted to figure out an exit strategy for me to leave on good terms. I wanted to find a replacement for me. I wanted to at least find another, you know, Cairo or massage or physio at the clinic that's going to help out the rent. But shit literally hit the fan. My business partners were pissed and they thought I was taking advantage of them because they were under the impression that I knew that the contract was not legally binding. And, you know, there's always two sides of the story. You know, some people will say that I was in the wrong. Some people say they're in the wrong. But, you know, I told them that, you know, there's no right way of approaching business partners and saying that you want to leave. The fact that I am so young, I've never dealt with anything like this. I think I dealt with it as good as I could. You know, is there a perfect way of doing it? No. Was there a better way of doing it? Probably, but I I don't know well, how to how to even do it. So we left on really really shitty terms and you know, those bridges have been burned and there's no looking back, but I'm in such a better place. I am so happy to be blessed with all the people I work with, all the clients I came with me, and all the opportunities have been coming down my pipeline. And, you know, I've never worked so hard in my life for this gym. And I think that another thing you need to realize is like sometimes being a business owner is not what you want to do. Like, it's so popular right now to be an entrepreneur, to be your own boss, to do this and this and this, but maybe you're actually not cut out to be that. Maybe you're not cut out to be, you know, the next Jeff Bezos from Amazon and create an empire. Maybe you're better off as an employee with a lot of freedom, like a business owner, by having the benefits of an employee. And this is the thing that I kind of realized is that maybe I'm not cut out to be a entrepreneur that has six different businesses that's generating half a million dollars of revenue and I'm a multimillionaire. Maybe I work for a company that generates a lot of money and I make good money myself. I have great benefits. I have this, I have that. I have all the freedom like a business owner and boom, you know, sometimes you know, like I think Gary Vaynerchuk said this, like sometimes you don't need to be the number one in the company because number 13, the 13th employee at Facebook is probably bringing in $1.5 billion and has amazing benefits, but doesn't have the headache of running the business and has all the freedom he or she wants. So really being self-aware of what you know about yourself, what your strengths and weaknesses are, and applying that to business is a huge, huge thing. Now, the other thing that I've been thinking about the last couple weeks is why did my previous business fail? 
And I keep going back to a saying that Warren Buffett always says, or maybe said once, and I'm just saying that in my head now, but he was saying that in order to do well in business is that you need to learn how to adapt to the market. In my previous business, my business partners were so against adapting to the market that it was their own demise, essentially, to a failed business, right? I was trying to get with the current, but they're the one that put up the dam to stop it. And, you know, I had to go with it. Like, I'm always about growth, always about building, and always trying new things, and that's just who I am. My two business partners are not like that. They're very kind of to themselves. They just want to do what they're really good at and not expand. So, you know, if it was up to me at my previous gym, we would have like three naturopaths working there. We would have a bunch of employees where to the point where we're not even paying rent anymore. We're making so much profit off different little avenues that we would be able to bring home more money and expand even further and maybe even open up a second facility. But again, their visions did not line up with mine and we kept butting heads and here I am. So there is definitely a darker side to business that people do not think about, do not read about, And you need to be really, really careful with what you sign, what you do, and where you envision yourself. So if you have an opportunity to be part of a new business, part of a new partnership, really ask yourself, like the stuff that I brought up in this episode is, you know, is your partner the opposite of you? Is your, um, you know, visions for the business line up, you know, side by side? You know, are you at a position in your life that you're young that, you know, in two years your point of view is going to change? You know, is your business partner going to change their views too to line up with yours? Because sometimes as you grow as an individual, you're going to grow in opinions as well. So you need to be careful on that end. So I'm going to stop it there because I've been talking for a while. And hopefully this gave you some insight of how business side that people don't really talk about enough can actually basically hit shit let let shit hit the fan essentially so hopefully this gave you some insight some like pointers some tips and if anyone out there who is a coach that is in a position where they might be signing a contract or signing on to a new partnership or whatever and just wants to talk about you know whatever the hell they're going through to see if it sounds like a good idea like for sure hit me up i would love to chat and i'm gonna end it there and again thank you for listening to me ramble on and thank you to all my listeners around the world and hopefully next week i'll give you another ramble of information i don't know what i want to talk about yet but if you have ideas for topics let me know and i will plug away and until next week you guys we'll see you then